Are you listening to me? What do you want to do with your life? I want to rock. This next one is the fourth episode on our new podcast. It just came out this week, and the podcast is called Rock Talk. I'm John Otney. And I'm Colin Westman. And this is Rock Talk, the podcast where we talk about rock and everything that entails rock. Uh, so this this week's episode is about buying music. Uh, so we're going to go down memory lane a little bit, uh, some, some memories of the first albums we bought and music stores we used to go to and where we stand with purchasing music today. Um, I don't know how this idea came about, I think. People just want to know. <laughs> I guess. I mean, our first episode was us talking about going to concerts, and I don't know. I guess we just thought, what's another really broad topic we can talk about that pertains That's to incredibly hard music? to narrow down, yeah. Um, and I don't know. I feel like this is a good thing to talk about right now, because I feel like... At least for me personally, I'm definitely at the point where I just feel like people don't even like feel obligated to buy music anymore. Like yeah. the streaming thing has almost become the norm at this point. And I've I've been trying out Apple Music uh, for the last couple months, and like, and I've, I had a Spotify account before that, and like I get the convenience factor. I mean. We as humans now are definitely operating on a level that is often driven by convenience. And going to a record store is not that convenient, especially since a lot of them are dying nowadays. But it's a ritual I still like a lot, and I, I feel like you, you just get a different experience and a different relationship with the music you're listening to if you actually you know, either have it in a physical form or actually went out of your way to go to a store to buy it. And, uh, whatever. We'll, we'll get into all yeah, of that. Yeah, I think I agree with that for the most part. I do enjoy the con- the convenience and all the different options these days. It's almost like there's too many options. I hear a song I, I like, and I'm like, well, what do I do? Do I, do I Should I just listen to this on Spotify? Should I go download it? Should I go buy it in the store? It's mm-hmm. almost overwhelming. Back then, it's like you didn't have a choice. Yeah. Just had to go in there, go up to the crusty old music clerk, fix your little shit, <laughs> give him your twelve bucks, and get who's next. He's like, not even your best album. <laughs> Anyways, so let's go. Let's go all the way back. Like we're we're talking like just what sixteen years, fifteen years, all the way back to the past. I want to know, Colin, to start. Um. E- so you can answer either of these, either like how you like first got into music, or or what the first album you bought was, or both. Like, I want to know because it's always curious. It's always interesting to find out like what's the first album you ever bought because it's never anything good for anybody. Uh, if you can remember, well, the thing for me about albums is I feel like my only early memories of owning albums was albums that I would get as Christmas presents. Oh yeah. So that, those are your first albums for Christmas presents, like yeah. stuff that people thought you might like. I probably asked for them. <laughs> okay, well that still, ca- I guess that still counts. Like, what were some of the early ones? God, I can't 
<laughs> I have a weird memory. This is actually might be my first memory of going and buying a CD in a store. I feel like I don't know why I bought this out. Maybe it was like a thing where me and my sister went in on it. Okay. And I was like, you know, this seems like a fun band. I think we bought uh, Spice World, the second <laughs> album by the Spice Girls. Yeah. You bought like you co-owned it. I don't know. <laughs> Did I buy something else? I don't know. <laughs> I also do remember listening to Trumbawubba's yeah, big album, I remember you bringing too. that into music class. Yeah, but I think that was like my mom's album. Really? And I pretty much just listened to Tub Thumping. <laughs> I don't think I listened to the... I, can't, I don't know a single other song. I feel... Well, I feel like the second song on that album's like kind of cool. <laughs> but I never got past that. Okay. Um, but I don't... I, I mean... There's definitely one album that I distinctly remember going to the store and buying, but I, I, I don't know if I would say it's the first album I bought, but it's definitely the one where like I bought it and it kind of changed my life, if you could say mm-hmm. that. Go ahead, yeah. Like I remember um, when I was in junior high, I went through confirmation because I was brought up <laughs> Lutheran. Mm-hmm. And after, and I hated it. It was so boring. I didn't like any of the people there. <laughs> They're super boring. I don't even know what that. What that, what that it's is. like you would get together once a week on like a Wednesday and just talk about God stuff, but like in a super casual way. Because you know, <laughs> yeah, but that guy. I mean, with, with Lutheranism, it's it's not nearly as heavy as like Catholicism or something. It's definitely trying to be more accepting of all interpretations of Christianity basically so it, it wasn't that heavy and you just kind of like talk about like how was your week and stuff like that also with a little bit of God stuff intermingled in there and I remember after one of them my dad picked me up from confirmation and he drove me to Fred Meyer and I bought a Revolver by the Beatles and I just went home and listen to it over and over and over again and I just was like wow this is amazing I didn't know you could do music like this I mean that's an album that like I guess it kind of taught me like you don't have to be like super professional about everything you put on a record like mm-hmm. it basically taught me that like there are no rules because the first thing you hear when you put on that album you hear them like dicking around in the studio and the guy going like one, two, three, four. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, you can do all this shit. Like, you could make a song like Yellow Submarine and have weird sailor noises in the back. Sailor noises, exactly. <laughs> like backwards guitars and shit. And I was like, you know, I just listened to it over and over again. I had heard other Beatles stuff. Like, I had one, but that was the first one I remember like buying and being like, this is important. Your new god. This is my new <laughs> exactly. Talk about that super casually. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing casual about that, yeah. With me and rock and roll from there on out. I was hoping that story would go with it and I never went back to one of those. No, I finished it. Oh. <laughs> I was hoping you like I discovered rock and roll. Screw you guys. Sister Christian. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what were, what were your first albums? What was purchasing? We, yeah, was? well, what's weird about me getting into music is I remember a point I was kind of a late bloomer, which is weird now to think about. 
but I think I was like in sixth grade and I was like, okay, so I just don't like music because <laughs> really all I would ever listen to, I mean, I would never like go out of my way to like sit down and listen to music, but I liked oldies radio because my, that's what my mom listened to. She was driving from school with a 97.3 KBSG, <laughs> Black Sugar Pie, Honey Bunch. Those are my, that was, those are my jams. But even those, I didn't like that that much. And then I, I had like a soup like I, I had a lot of respect for the Beatles. It was like mass respect. Like I got it. Like it's like because well, okay. your dad was super into. The I mean, Beatles, my brother right? named after the Beatles. Exactly. I had to. Yeah, <laughs> it was a rule from birth. I was a Beatles fan. Yeah, it was weird for me because my parents didn't like listen to the Beatles really. Like yeah. I knew about them. I'd heard a couple of songs, but like. I guess maybe because they were born a little bit later than like your parents, like they yeah, were more seventies children <laughs> than sixties. Mm-hmm. So like when I discovered the Beatles, it was like all new to me. Yeah, and then I liked Weird Al. Yeah, uh, which isn't even really. I mean, I wasn't listening to it because like, oh, the music is excellent. <laughs> like, it's just jokes and like funny noises. Yeah, but what's weird is then seventh grade comes and I'm just suddenly it's like I need everything, but I don't remember why. It's like. It's like maybe just going through like puberty. It was like okay, or right, a time to rock. Like I just there's something about it. Like something just clicked in my head. It's like I suddenly like music after like in sixth grade. Like I don't like music. <laughs> so, be, but because of my background, because of all I really knew were like Beatles, oldies. Uh, a lot of my first albums were greatest hits compilations, which is kind of lame because everyone. Yeah. I feel like like you have that Spice World thing. That's hilarious. <laughs> I don't really have anything quite like that. <laughs> Uh, I think the first album I ever went with my own money and bought was the Queen Greatest Hits. That like the one that's like super fancy insignia and the platinum box. I had a Queen Greatest Hits too, but it, it was just like the single disc. The single, the, yeah, the this was two one. discs. Well, the second of oh, the purple one. The second yeah. disc is not as good. Mm-hmm. It's funny because it's chron- it's like chronological, and I was like, wow, this is getting kind of bad near the end. <laughs> um, but I really loved that. I got that from Fred Meyer. That was where you got music back then. I was like, where else are you supposed to go? Yeah. I guess there's there's Best Buy and like, they're all the same though. They're all crappy, I don't know what you call those, big box stores. Uh, or I guess Sam Goody existed. <laughs> I have one memory of going to a Sam Goody in like 1998. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was to get something for someone else. And then I think my second album was Bee Gees Greatest Hits, which I think I was a little too into. It's pretty embarrassing now. Definitely a guilty pleasure. I feel like that was definitely something I made fun of you for, <laughs> liking the Bee Gees, but I like the Bee Gees now. Well, I, I wasn't aware of like their early, <laughs> so late, their early stuff, because mm-hmm. they were more kind of uh, like Baroque pop and like Beatles-esque and everything. Yeah. They're more British Invasion band, and then they kind of stuck around, and then I don't know. And got huge. Yeah. Got huge as, as disco guys. Uh, but I play that a lot in both discs of that. It, it was pretty much because I heard one song on the radio on, on 97.3. And I was like, well, I gotta have that. Mm-hmm. It was the song Emotion. I don't, not one of their bigger hits. It's not a great song. But uh bought those two. And I think the first like album, but I wouldn't really count this because it was a Weird Al album about Poodle Hat. And I was like, this sucks. I'm done. I'm done with Weird Al. <laughs> Uh, it's yeah, what was your first album that wasn't the greatest mm, hits? Do you know? I really hope that it wasn't Jet. I like to think there was one before that. <laughs> Get bored. So that would have been 2003. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to think that if there's any before that. Yeah, I'll just go with that for now. Um, I think the thing is, like, I heard a lot of music, but I wouldn't, like, necessarily go out and buy it. 
uh, I just like knew it. And then it was kind of like a slow process of hearing about one band, then going through their whole discography and hearing about another band. <laughs> like I remember I heard about Led Zeppelin just going over to your house and you had that DVD collection, the yeah. this one. That's how I got into Led Zeppelin was from that I remember thing. that night. I don't remember when that came out, but that was when, okay, I got to get that. Mm-hmm. And I got that, the astronaut thing, the the CDs. Yeah, those, those, you had those. those are the first two. I'm like, well, if Carl got those, clearly that's the best starting but point. Was not. <laughs> Led Zeppelin. What's funny is I asked for those for Christmas, and I only got the second one. <laughs> I was like, all right, I could, you know, get really into Led Zeppelin from 1974 to 1979. Well, at least it's got it's like a couple period. physical graffiti It's got tracks. like, and it's got like Houses of the Holy stuff on there. Okay. So it was okay. Um, yeah, I'll go, it's like, Jet was probably one of my first CDs, Beatles 1, see, just greatest hits, because mm-hmm. I was like, I've missed so much history, you know, I gotta catch up, this is the fastest way, just to get a greatest hits, and, uh, that's what I would do. I feel like I, d- I definitely did the same thing when I, I mean, I was probably, I, we were, we were, like, getting into music a- around the same time, like, probably listening to the same stuff, um... Because I remember I had that 40 Licks Rolling Stones Greatest Hits that came out in the early 2000s. That was my introduction to them. And then, like, I found, like, some crappy Hendrix Greatest Hits. And I was like, this is such a dumb... Why did I fucking do... Because it was literally a Greatest Hits where every song was a song off of Are You Experienced? And, yeah, like, all along the one. Watchtower. I was like, why did I just buy that album? So that was dumb. But... I remember one band I I never went the greatest hits route with was The Who, which I feel like that was probably the album after I Revolver that I bought, because I remember watching like VH1's 100 Greatest Albums of All Time, and of course oh, yeah. Revolver's number one on that, and Who's Next is pretty high up, and I don't like really know what attracted me to The Who. I guess like they were on The Simpsons, and I liked... I didn't even really know any of their songs. I was just I don't think I did either. Like something about them, I was just like the Who. That's a cool name. They seemed cool. That dude's wearing a skeleton jumpsuit. Yeah, it's like <laughs> why not? Which is such a bizarre thing to me that I kind of just randomly was attracted to them, and they ended up becoming like my favorite band after I bought Who's Next. They that's just really, sold you on the image. It's really Because <laughs> that's really a part of their music. Uh-huh. The everything, the, the attitude, the image, the appearance. Yes. So where were you buying these CDs? Well, I, I bought that at Fred Meyer, too. <laughs> <laughs> they just had everything. Everything you needed. Uh, I mean, I wasn't buying super obscure music, so it wasn't that hard. Um, yeah. And uh, I was pretty much, yeah, just going to Fred Meyer. And then I, uh, I guess, not long after I got those uh, Zeppelin, I eventually did get the zeppelin greatest hits were their astronauts first disc mm-hmm. i think those were called like it's like days, early days and latter days early days and latter days and i liked those a lot and i think we'd, we'd started playing music by then mm-hmm. and i was like you know i should probably listen to some more led zeppelin they probably got a few they probably got a few other songs <laughs> that are worth hearing and that's when i found this store and in its older location in bellevue in the silver platters mm-hmm. used to be near the ihop wasn't there super long and i remember going in there and getting i was just gonna pick whatever led zeppelin cd like looked cool i had no plan and i went in there and i got led zeppelin 3 
which is weird because it's, I feel like that's my favorite Led Zeppelin album, probably only because it's the first album of Led Zeppelin that I bought. And I remember bringing that back and then just being like blown away by how weird it was and had all, all this acoustic stuff on it. It's like, wow, I, I had no idea any of this existed. I got to get more Zeppelin. Um, and I, then I got physical graffiti going all over like the place in order. <laughs> At Fred Meyer, of course. <laughs> uh, but the reason I brought that story is mainly because Silver Platters was like a big part of buying music, I think, for both of us. And then later mm-hmm. they moved into the Crossroads Mall uh, a couple spots in the Crossroads Mall, and that I feel like that was like the cool place for us to go. Was we'd go to Silver Platters. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't a ton of record stores on the east side of the Seattle area. There have always been a ton in the city, but you know, it's pretty much just Silver Platters. I feel like I have this distinct memory when I was like super young, like eight or nine, like going. I think there was an Easy Street in. Uh, what, what is it called? The main place, <laughs> not Crossroads. Park Place. Park Place. That's the one. There was actually when we when you brought up a, um, not a lot of places on the east side. I had a story about that. I didn't know it was an easy street, but I remember there being a, um, a music store in Park Place near the. <laughs> I, my memory is going in there and looking at the cover of uh, Blink 182's Ed Above the State" and be like, <laughs> "I really want this, but I can't ask my dad to buy it. There's just no way it's gonna happen." It's got a sexy nurse. It's got Enema in the title. Mm-hmm. Probably had the parental advisory sticker. Oh, on it. it definitely had the parental <laughs> so advisory sticker. I'll just have to wait until like 20 years later to listen to this album. <laughs> Good, good plan. Safe bet, safe plan. <laughs> What's funny about that, uh, my experience there, it's funny. I also had an experience with like seeing an album cover and be like, "Whoa, that's weird." It was the uh, album cover of Yesterday and Today. I'd never seen that with the Beatles. The Beatles one, yeah. with all the mutilated baby parts. There's it was a poster. It wasn't an album because oh, okay. you know you, I don't think they sold that one over in the United States. That's so like an mm-hmm. English thing. If it was even, even came out, I just remember seeing that poster. Like, what the fuck is this? I never seen. Or the Beatles killing babies, <laughs> but the but the funny thing about that story is, um, that was like during a time where I I feel like it was way harder to find music because especially if you heard it on the radio because you didn't really have a lot of great resources on the internet or at least I was too dumb to use the internet. The, the internet barely existed. <laughs> no, I'm talking. This is like '99, probably 1999. I mean, so yeah, I didn't even have the internet till 2000. Yeah, so I remember like seeing. We'd just seen, not that long ago, me and my dad had seen uh, Awesome Powers of Spy Shag Me. came out in 99. So it would have been around, it would have been, then it would have been Christmas 99. And I remember, he was like, hey dad, what do you want for Christmas? And he's like, you know, I really liked that part in Awesome Powers where Elvis Costello and Burt Backrack sing together. Get like an album with that. And like, then I go with my mom to go shopping. I'm like, how do we find out if this exists? What is this? Where do we find this? What section would this be in? I, I think there is a CD like that I too. Think so. I think they did do an album together. Um, but since I don't we know didn't, if it was out by then. I don't know, <laughs> but since we did not know how to utilize the internet or look anything up or find even a good replacement or substitute or whatever, we just bought the fucking Awesome Powers two soundtrack. <laughs> I don't think you ever listened to it because <laughs> it's got like Doctor Evil singing just the two of us on it and like. <laughs> Lenny Kravitz doing American Woman. That's the gift that I got from my dad for Christmas because I mean, that's what it was like back then. Someone asked for a song. You're like, well, I, this is, I don't know where it is. I guess I'll get you this uh, soundtrack. It's on there. 
it was just like way more complicated back then um so you know the rise of the internet and like wikipedia like when we we're in junior high it made things way easier we could do our research and then we could go on down the silver platters I'm trying to think if i have any good silver platters memories i remember the first time i went there to buy some music it was definitely with my dad i like mm-hmm. And I think we went to that that IHOP location. IHOP, <laughs> like, right, it's nice. not here. And then we somehow figured out, without the internet, that it was over at Crossroads. I'm sure they had a side of yeah. the building or something. And the first albums I bought there was Born in the USA nice. and The Notorious Bird Brothers by The Birds. So this was maybe a little later into my musical development now that i'm getting into obscure birds albums yeah how are you like how did you come to like oh i gotta get this birds album like well i think at that point i probably because i think for me i started the fred meyer thing and then i moved on to best buy which i feel like had a actually had a pretty large music selection it's big <laughs> the one in uh, bellevue lots of stuff there definitely yeah and then i finally graduated on silver platters where you were probably already buying stuff at that point but i think i had bought mr tambourine man actually i remember now <laughs> that i went to that store intending to buy younger than yesterday because that oh, was yeah, supposed yeah. to be like their best album but they didn't have it so i ended up buying it on itunes later that might have been the first album i bought on and iTunes. we'll get into that yeah yeah so i just bought the Tories bird brothers this but were you using, like, too. Rolling Stone as your... Yeah, I think it, by that point I had uh, discovered the Rolling Stone 500 Greatest Albums list, which had come out in 2003, I believe. I didn't have the actual issue, but there was definitely, like... I feel like there was a Rhino Records website that just, like, listed <laughs> all of them, and then they had, like, links so you, to the album so you could listen to, like, 30-second clips from the album. Oh, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. And so I was probably like, well, the Tories Bird Brothers is on the list. It's like 183. I mean, <laughs> Younger Than Yesterday is like 120, so it's obviously better, but like, it's still good. <laughs> Which one's better? Uh, younger Than Yesterday. <laughs> the Tories Bird Brothers is cool, though. It's definitely their weirdest album. Sweet and short. Uh, yeah, Rolling Stone, big part of us just finding artists you know because it's especially yeah because we're getting into those artists from the 60s and 70s and then here was a list that was definitely kind of slanted more towards that era of rock music but it still had cooler like 80s and 90s stuff like i i mean for that list i I would have never like gotten into like the replacements i found from that list or like the pixies or jesus and mary chain or my bloody valentine like it was a pretty eclectic list even though a lot of it like most people would say like well it's fucking baby bullshit (laughs) some of it probably is yeah i didn't really use it as a resource but i'd always be super relieved when i found out like oh i like something that's on there good Mm -hmm. it's like validation no it like was my bible for like i mean that's a good guideline especially when you're first starting out yeah because i kind of went at it all willy-nilly and there's some artists that i really like you know because i did that and there's some that like i'm embarrassed that i got into and bought their albums and i'm like what was i doing like some <laughs> ones that i like that i just kind of randomly fell into it was like cream i remember first hearing about them from disney channel <laughs> <laughs> probably the only person ever to say that 
They had because they're interviewing Shia LaBeouf and they asked him what music he liked and he said I really like Cream because his mom's like a hippie so he like listed yeah. off a bunch of like retro bands <laughs> and I was like okay Cream's a band interesting Mr. Even Stevens likes yeah. them I knew they did later on because of KBSG I knew they did the song Badge which I liked uh, but then I saw them on VH1's like list of like hard rocking bands <laughs> remember that list is like oh yeah top hard rock bands I don't yeah. know how, how they worded it but uh, they were on there I think it was high. just 100 greatest hard rock artists mm-hmm. I don't know. It was one. It's probably Zeppelin. It was Led Zeppelin. Two was Sabbath. Kind of I don't know. Three was probably like ACDC. They had Nirvana pretty high up too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I heard about them on there, especially the song "I Feel Free," and I just started buying their albums, and I fell in love with them. And I feel like I would always go on about how good they are, and it really pissed our friend Nancy off <laughs> for some reason. I feel like Nancy hated all the music I hated. <laughs> We were definitely very, like, combative about the music we were getting into. Mm-hmm. Like, it was really weird. Like, you'd think we were playing in bands together, and we are like, oh, you like that? I should check that out. But we were like, fuck you. You like fucking you too, Colin. <laughs> Go to hell. <laughs> I feel like even just a few years ago, maybe like three years ago, like, I was going to give, like, Nancy needed, like, an email from me or something. I was like, what is it? Like, Jack Bruce is like, suck my dick cream <laughs> at yahoo.com. It's like, okay, I liked cream when I was a teenager. I still do. He's still, like, making fun of me for it. I feel like... I feel like we were so combative about some of those 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 bands that we still like. Like, when Nancy thinks of cream, that's what he thinks of. He thinks of how I would always go on about how great they are. Mm-hmm. So, so oh, fuck those guys. But be, it's funny. I feel like because I would, like talk about them all the time like he probably knows a lot more about them than he ever wanted to he pretty you know like knowing the band members and everything but yeah they were like that was a huge huge thing for me but then there's some other bands that i like attempted to get into from silver platters and for a brief period uh probably like early high school like i formed like almost like a relationship with the record guy I worked at the, one of the guys that worked at silver platters like an older guy <laughs> It's crazy. We just this year we went to a Silver Platters, the one um, in Seattle near, uh, I guess the stadiums and stuff. And he was there, so he's like still working at the lifer. Platters. He's a lifer. But I remember going in and buying like Traffic. Yeah. I liked that first Traffic album I bought, and I think I liked one other. But I got Traffic's whole discography, <laughs> and he always talk about, oh, they're so good. It's like it's, uh, <laughs> it's weird, like teenager and old man having conversation about Traffic. <laughs> But then I keep buying stuff. He's like, oh, you're going to love this record. This is great. And then we, like, talk about it. And I'm like, how'd you hear about it? But, like, some of those ones that I got that he liked, I thought, I don't like now. Like, I got a Holly's album that I don't really like now. And I don't know. Like, Graham Nash solo album. <laughs> like, why did I get that? Got a, I think I also have a Steven Still solo album. I have everybody's solo album, but uh, David Crosby never got his. The one that's like, if only I could remember my name. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a zoom out, like of, like his kind of his eye and his face like, looking up at the sky. <laughs> it's kind of see through. There's some clouds. I'm sure it's just as good or bad as the other two. Um, but yeah, I I kind of regret not using Rolling Stone because like I was just all over the place. Like I didn't. There's no rhyme or reason. You had a system. No, I, I feel like it kind of was a crutch, though, after a while, because I just, like, I wouldn't even be open to a band unless their album was on Oh, that list. I didn't think about that. 
But, like, luckily, you know, there were some newer art. Like, I feel like the only reason I even got into newer music originally, because it was, like, for a few years, I was just listening to stuff from the 60s and 70s, basically. But the only reason I was kind of able to get into newer music was because The Strokes' Is This It was on that list, even though it was only, like, it's only like two years old at that point. Yeah, I mean, pretty new. But I was like, and I love that album, I mean... I remember when we did our favorite albums of the 2000s, that was like my number one and like... My number two. It'd still uh, be in my top five, I think. Yeah. No, I, I, I still love that album. Even the, the Strokes have just gone... Oh, yeah. I heard way downhill since then. Boring. And I think maybe yeah, after I heard that album, I finally started listening to newer stuff because there was good good indie rock stuff going on in the 2000s um but yeah for a long time it was basically just like if it ain't on the rock stone 500 i ain't listening to it yeah that was a it, it's funny you brought up um this is it because that reminds me of the time when i when i bought it it would have been like 2003 uh i think 2003 and their second album had just come out and i went to go to the store to buy it because i wanted reptilia because oh, that's so good it's, <laughs> it's a good it's a good album it's a good song Oh, but like they didn't have it, so I just bought the first one instead, and then I like we all like shared it. Like I like you know everyone burned a copy for everyone else, and we were all like into it at the same time. Yeah, and that was pretty cool. And I guess I don't know if I have any other stories about sharing music because that was something we didn't we didn't do too much, but we kind of got into. I've definitely like I still go over to my shelf where I have like all my old CDs and see like have a bunch of CDs that you burned for me like Elvis Costello CDs and Bob Dylan CDs. Yeah. Um I don't imagine I ever burned anything good for anyone. <laughs> but uh well I got your burned copy of Is This It. There we go. There's one. I think I gave you guys uh Room uh Room is on Fire. Yeah, I got that too. one too. Burned Same way. from you. <laughs> Cuz I think I think Nancy we previously mentioned had like a CD burner like when, the only way when, we could when do that it? was a novelty <laughs> but I feel like probably maybe just a year or two later probably Sean got one too I don't even know if we want to go into the Bob drives I was thinking about it yeah we should because mm, I feel it, like that's not well maybe not a lot of stories but it, it is kind of interesting because now we're getting to the point where we're finding all sorts of weird ways to get music. Yeah, like the idea that we had to buy music wasn't necessarily... Yeah, you didn't have to go to Fred Meyer anymore. You yeah, could, you could just... The internet was your Fred Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, the Bob Drives, which was that uh, drive of music that Sean's dad's friend, I Su- guess... Super billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> Sean's dad just swooped it up, and we'd go, and we'd look through it all. And I definitely got into some artists because that list. That's how I got into Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Badfinger was a big one for me because I found them on there. Yeah, I think I got a few Bob Dylan albums off of that because I was into him at the time. I think that was how I first heard Blood on the Tracks. Except I feel like he burnt. I burned a copy, but it like skipped. So I was like, "Fuck!" So I just went and bought an actual <laughs> CD of Blood on the Tracks, and then like. I also got bringing it all back home too, but that was like it was this, for some reason the songs were like super quiet. It's weird. And I always had to deal with that. You know, this is a little off topic, but you mentioned how that one like skipped. Is there ever any songs you hear today that when you hear them, you just imagine they're gonna skip because your earliest memories of hearing that song they skipped? That happens to some people. I think so, like I had uh, a burned like 
who album that got scratched or messed up or i pulled, took it out too fast or something <laughs> and i just remember every time i'd play pure and easy you'd fuck up it'd like skip a whole bunch so i always imagine it's going to that's like a bonus track though at that point it's okay if your songs are skipping. it might have it might have been it might have been another one yeah but it was definitely because i did oh have wait bonus no track. no that isn't a bonus yeah it just like and I, every time i hear it i'm like oh god help me get through this okay <laughs> yeah i definitely got screwed over by the bob dies a couple times not screwed over just like what, what is all this like i got cries to snatch uh deja vu and it had like an extra 10 tracks I'm like what the fuck are all these and they're like tracks from that their like third solo album mm-hmm. you know the one where they're all on a boat no csn <laughs> that album sucks and i remember hearing it at, well they you know it was it was the songs were in wrong order so that it started with that and i had to like sift through it to figure out okay these are two albums that all got somehow mixed together so i had to sift through all the shitty csn but that was part of the fun of it it's like you're like being like an explorer the bob drives yeah i don't feel like the bob drive era lasted that long not really less like than it got, year. i don't know what happened to those mp3 files something happened I feel like I went back to buying music. My uh, music, I don't know, path. I still, I still bought a lot of music, but I was getting into the weirdest bands. Uh, it's, it's weird. In high school, I really got into the '60s, like hard, like yeah. all '60s music. I was getting stuff. I, I bought. I have every album by The Move. I've never listened to a single album by them. I don't even know if there's a single one worth recommending. There's a handful of good songs, yeah. not albums. <laughs> I got really into Moody, the Moody Blues. Yeah, I have like their first five albums. I have every album from by Traffic. Mm-hmm. And then I got into like weird bands where it's like I couldn't even find the albums. So <laughs> what was weird? This is weird how this it used to be like this. So MySpace, uh, MySpace had a lot of uh, band pages and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what was a cool feature about that is you could usually download tracks. So I would look up an obscure band and someone had made a fake MySpace page for them and putting up four of their songs. So I'd be like, okay, I'm going to get four songs from this band, from Marmalade or something, you know, or this band that no one listens to. So I had this huge collection of downloaded stuff from MySpace hmm. and making weird mix CDs of albums like and songs that like, I don't even like anymore. But it was kind of fun, like, you know. Some of that stuff I still kind of like. I still kind of like the Booty Blues. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's weird. Like, you know, when you're young, you're exploring. You're trying to find your tastes, and it takes a long time to to kind of hone in on that. Yeah, it's, it's weird because I didn't... I don't like. I don't have that many artists that I regret from that era. There may be a few that, like, because they were on the Rolling Stone 500, like, I tried to get into, but like, couldn't. Like the Eagles, or like, I remember there are a lot of Jackson Brown albums on the, oh, yeah. on that, and like, he's okay. He, but he's not great. I don't know why he's got like five albums on that list. Because it's baby boomer shit. Yeah, like baby boomer shit. But he probably wrote it. <laughs> I feel like most of the stuff that I was getting to at that age, like, I mean, there was definitely a shift where I definitely got into some of the quote unquote cooler albums on that list. Like, I definitely remember going to Silver Flash to buy like 
television's marquee moon and i was like wow this is this is like the strokes but in the 70s or like elvis costello i really got into i i feel like that was the only there was an elvis costello guy that went silver platters like whenever i'd buy an elvis costello he'd be like oh nice elvis costello and i feel like he always wore an elvis costello shirt and he kind of looks like Elvis Costello. That's why he likes him. Everybody's yeah. got to have their weird music clerk friend. That was, that was the closest I ever got. <laughs> you remember the owner of Silver Platters? Oh, yeah. He's like this guy that looks like... And in my, in my memory, he looks like Tony Randall, with like, but with like pink sunglasses and probably like a suit. Yeah. Looks like a character from The Godfather. In my mind, he was always wearing a white suit. Me <laughs> <laughs> too. He's got like this gray kind of up hair, like almost like a pompadour, pink tinted sunglasses and a white suit <laughs> the opposite of what you would imagine a record store owner would yeah it's like. like a owner of like a like nightclub a, in vegas yeah. or a casino <laughs> so weird i wonder if he owned multiple stores or well i mean there were th- like three of them is that mr the platters area. yeah johnny platters, johnny nice platters. i feel like he definitely like like Maybe approach me once to like be like, oh, you having a good time? Like you know, like like just customer service. Yeah. Hands on businessman. <laughs> I wonder if there's like some sort of like is like some sort of, uh, what do you, what do you call it? Uh, you know, when a when a, like the mafia or like a crime organization <laughs> money laundering. It was all just a front. <laughs> it was all a front. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of. <laughs> hard to believe that like still all three of the silver platters locations are still in business (laughs) nobody buys music especially because i don't know you know this is sad because of where where music industry has gone like if the crossroads one i don't know if you've been to its new location it sucks i feel like it's gonna close like within a year yeah it's on like a shitty little strip mall that, all, all the other all the other stores around there look closed, and there's like a QFC mm. um, somewhere in Bellevue. Yeah, I haven't been to that one. It's yeah, they still got some good stuff, but it's way it seems way smaller. No way, like any bands are playing in there. Yeah, because I know some stores do bands. I once saw an acoustic set from Angels and Airwaves. <laughs> well, walked out of an acoustic set because <laughs> I hate Tom DeLonge. <laughs> so everyone's curious. He talks just like he sings. <laughs> So, <laughs> so you mentioned iTunes earlier. I totally forgot. I kind of just skipped over that. Um, yeah, iTunes was definitely something that I was really into, but I didn't have a credit card, so it was it was annoying because I'd have to ask my parents to give me an album from iTunes. Yeah, I don't know how I did it either. I must have <laughs> used my parents' credit card because I, I was buying stuff online every once in a while. And it, I feel like I did always just use my parents' credit card, and then I would like pay them back with my cash allowance <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I do feel like Younger Than Yesterday was the first one I bought, and the other one I bought, which was another kind of mind blowing <laughs> album to hear, was a uh, Bitches Brew by Miles Davis. And How that old was were you when you listened to that? I don't like fifteen or sixteen. I feel like that's pretty young. And like so sophisticated. Yeah, I mean, like, the first time I heard it, like, I didn't even fucking know what to make of this. <laughs> like, I, it's one of those things where I was like, oh, what? Music like this exists? Is this from another planet? What the hell is this? And, like, I was like, I don't even know if I like this or not. It was definitely a weird polarizing experience. And, like, I just spent more time with it, though, and I was like, 
like totally got into it but that's that's a good album to listen to at that age where you have like a bunch of time on your hands to just spend with this album that's like every song is like 10 minutes long and it's a double album yeah i wish i'd done more and that was that was definitely when i was getting more into jazz because of nancy he was into jazz he was into miles davis and i remember he yeah he gave me a copy of kind of blue but but that album i like i felt like super smart by it because <laughs> that was back when like every song was 99 cents and i was like well there's only seven songs on this album so nice. it's a seven dollar album even though ah. it's a friggin long ass yeah album. how much was like bitches brew was like four dollars like how many tracks are on that album yeah it's like six uh six songs yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny you know, for me, it was always embarrassing because it was always whatever weirdo band that I couldn't find on MySpace or something. Yeah. So I remember asking my dad, like, uh, Dad, can you give me this song by Humble Pie? He's like, who? It's like, well, they're like a... <laughs> so really, like your dad didn't even know Humble Pie. They're looking like a super group. It's Spooky Tooth and Humble Pie and Small Faces. <laughs> or not, not Humble Pie. It's Peter Frampton. Excuse me. Ah, uh, and I remember I really wanted one of their albums so bad, yeah. but you could only get it on like Amazon, from, like from Japan, for like sixty-five bucks. It's like shit. I I did hear that album like eventually, like five years ago, and it was okay. Mm-hmm. I was just like, that was like part of the fun of it, but it's also really frustrating. I think I wasted a lot of good years just searching for music that was really hard to get, and it's probably hard to get for a reason because like not that many people cared about it. But it was like it was still fun. Yeah. Um, but because, you know, I was I was pursuing all this hard to get stuff, you know, that's when I started discovering sites like uh, FilesTube and RapidShare, you know, Napster like sites that still existed. And it's funny, in like two thousand five and six, there was a lot of those that were still around and it was really easy and it'd take like like forty five minutes or forty minutes or whatever. Did you ever dabble in that at all? Yeah, I mainly just got into torrents though. For some reason, I was always convinced that torrents were more dangerous. They but I didn't really understand more why. dangerous. I mean, <laughs> I've only ever gotten notified by like internet, like from Comcast, from buying or from downloading torrents. I guess like they're kind of dangerous, but they weren't back then. On like the mid to late two thousands, because no. nobody knew what they were. So I, yeah, I definitely did that for a while for getting albums. I don't know if I felt great about it. <laughs> oh, you, know, you never feel great about it. Well, you know, you, but you feel like, oh, I got it. This I got is, it. That's I, I really only use it for stuff that was hard yeah. to get. I'm sure later I'd just be lazy and like, oh, I'll just get a whole discography of a band. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so I was definitely using that a lot. Uh, you know, over time, of course, those sites started closing. It got harder and harder to do that. Mm-hmm. Even just like a few years ago, I was still trying to do stuff like that, but it just wasn't working out. I remember I didn't torrent an album till like two, three years ago. Yeah. And then the f- one time I ever did it, I got a notification. I was super scared because <laughs> it's like, you got to give us like $500 per track. You downloaded like 20 tracks. I was like, shit. That sucks. Uh, but of course, that's just like, they're, they're not doing anything. Nobody does anything. Yeah. I was like, I first person I called or texted was Sean, and he's like, they're full of shit. <laughs> I was like, you sure? He's like, they're full of shit. Yeah. That was just like, that was literally like two, three years ago. That was pretty recently. It's funny, because I, I remember like once I got to college, like the uh, dorm Wi-Fi, like they were 
they were super like, don't do any fucking illegal download or we'll come after you. And I was like really scared of that. And then I was even more scared of it because like a week or two like into my first like when i first started college like they had to shut down all the wi-fi for like a whole weekend because like someone's downloading some shit so i just like stayed away and so like for like my first like month or two at college i wasn't buying that much music but then i found there was this uh virgin mega store in san francisco and like I went there, and like I was like, "Oh, this place is awesome!" Because it's like just a huge CD and DVD store, which is my favorite kind of store. <laughs> and like I literally bought like, because at that point I had a bunch of money saved up from my grocery job, and so I just like I just bought like twenty CDs <laughs> and like oh, a bunch shit. of DVDs. <laughs> Just like a bunch, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Music again. No, I had a similar college experience where it's like, shit. Like, I what the fuck am I gonna do? Because I was, I wasn't torrenting, but I was using like some shady shit. Mm -hmm. I think I still, I still did it every now and then. Don't ever count me. But I was buying some more albums on iTunes, and I got like, I can't remember what I got. I was getting into comedy a lot at that time in in college. (laughs) Downloading a lot of college albums, comedy albums, yeah. College albums. It's a real college album. <laughs> well, there's college bands. Yeah. Vampire Weekend's a college band. <laughs> What's funny is I didn't. I was such a late bloomer on so so many artists I didn't get into until early college, like Velvet Underground and uh, and other Ramones. It's not like super like I would say it's like oh they look really like deep like you know I'm, I'm sure like a twelve year old could get just as into the Ramones <laughs> as I did, but you know. I was starting to get into punk a lot more. It's weird. Like, I got into a lot of those bands in high school, but I guess I just didn't, like, tell you to get into them. I don't know. With music, I'm... There's just, I'm, just too I'm, much. I'm, I'm, I, I don't try to be very insistent. I, like, I don't like to be like, you have to get into this band. I don't, like, force stuff on people. <laughs> I just listen to it in secret. Sometimes it's also nice. I mean, sometimes you want to share stuff because you're like hey this is awesome you gotta check this out but sometimes it's also like this is my band this is a band I like the best Yeah, like I want if... you to like it as much as me it's my band and then you can yeah. be cool when like they come up it's like oh that's the band I really like I know everything about them you don't because you suck <laughs> um, but yeah I don't know college was kind of a crapshoot for me of like how I would get albums you know it was everything from buying them in weird it was probably still Fred Myers because like there wasn't a lot in like Ellensburg where I was going to school there was like yeah. a weird record store there but I didn't want to go in there because it smelled funny <laughs> and downloading from weird places um I guess if we're going to skip ahead to like more around now I'm kind of back to going to physical to stores and buying stuff physically Every once in a while, like this year, I got um, an Amazon gift card, so I just downloaded a bunch of albums. I got some books, but you know, I mostly yeah. just downloaded MP3 albums. So it's just like iTunes, but free. Cause fun. So that was pretty cool. Uh, so I still use that in iTunes a lot. I, I did have a Spotify phase, yeah. but uh, I don't know it's things I don't like about Spotify. I feel like it takes like like a while to load on my computer and commercials unless yeah. you and so much for me of like music and I guess everyone has the, the ways they like to listen to music I basically have like three main ways of listening to music now I'm going on a walk I'm going to listen to music <laughs> I'm going on a drive I'm going to listen to music or I'm going to listen to an album and I'm going to play like a really easy like computer game <laughs> like really easy 
like pong easy. Yeah. So I can be doing something, but also listening to music at the same time. You know, everyone has their rituals. I don't know if you just like sit down on like on a bed and put on some big headphones. And well, I think this is a difference between you and me is that like I like to listen to music when I'm writing a lot. Um, and I yeah, I definitely listen to music like when I go for a run, but I feel like it always has to be something like really upbeat and gets me pumped. <laughs> yeah, and I've listened to all sorts of stuff going on long walks, like jazz albums. It's then, weird sometimes. Yeah, driving too. I guess yeah, for college, I feel like at a certain point I was, like, I just became okay with downloading stuff legal illegally. Maybe because, yeah, I was in college, I didn't have a ton of money to spend on music. Just because you had to buy those 20 albums. Yeah, I spent <laughs> all that first week <laughs> Virgin like, Mega well, shit, Store. And then, well, it also didn't help that the Virgin Mega Store shut down, like, my first, like the end of my first semester. Oh, week. <laughs> yeah. But there was also there was another really cool place in downtown San Francisco called Resputin. But I mostly just bought DVDs there, I guess, because I was more into movies at that point since I was in film school. Yeah. And then eventually, uh, I, well, <laughs> when I was living in LA, I I bought a record player, just kind of offhandedly like i was just like at a thrift shop with nancy in san diego and i was just like hey there's a record player here for fifty dollars i guess i'll buy it because <laughs> i i think That's for a good deal i think for a while i was thinking about uh buying a turntable because i actually had a turntable when i was a teenager nice which was like <laughs> i feel like it was before the vinyl boom came back which I'm not trying to say oh it's in the vinyl before it was cool because that's a ridiculous statement to make but I was into it sort of in the just a weird time to be into vinyl because I don't like the only place I knew where to buy it was at a at half price books like they had a, like they had super cheap albums uh, so cheap and I, I, like, I wasn't trying to be like, oh, this is so cool. Like, you, you guys don't get it with your MP3s. My thought process was literally just like, well, it's cheaper, which is the opposite of what it is now, like, to go know, to half-price yeah. books. It's a little more expensive. Like, I have this copy of Let It Be that I got for one ninety nine <laughs> at half-price books. I have a copy of Led Zeppelin Two that I got for three ninety nine, and those albums would be a lot more expensive if oh, you yeah, found them no. at a record store now. And yeah, my thought process was literally like, well, I'm listening to all this older music now. If I buy it on vinyl, it'll be cheaper. And I mean, it's a, it's a cool way to listen to music. It's definitely a lot more intimate. Like, I remember spending a lot of time just like <laughs> listening to the Who's Quadrophenia, just like sitting there just with the headphones on, just being like, yeah, this album's about me. Yeah. <laughs> it's about being a teenager, about being angry. Yeah, I'd like to talk about vinyl in just a minute, but before that, I think you brought up a good point with, uh, or just reminded me at least of um, discount stores like to, to buy music. One of my favorite places to buy music used to be CD Warehouse yeah. in uh, the Crossroads Mall. I think it's a, a Froyo store now. <laughs> That's where I went and bought like all the Beatles albums. Once I find, it, I was like, okay, well, I guess I should listen to more than the greatest hits. All, all for like five bucks, four bucks. Yeah, awesome. And then half price books. I definitely bought some vinyl. I was using my parents' vinyl player. Yeah, and. Um, I got uh, 
uh, Out of the Blue by Electric Light Orchestra for $2. It's a double album. I it's remember a, it's a dollar you, per day. I remember for, that copy box it had like a weird war uh, on one. <laughs> it did. It had I took it out and the record dipped almost like there's a little pool in it like it dipped. <laughs> and when you get to that section it's on the second record it go it sounded really bad yeah i don't think i've ever encountered that i don't think you could get away with that shit now it's like i've definitely bought some records where there was so many crackles on it where i was like yeah this is i can't listen to this i should just throw this away um but yeah what a deal mr blue sky was okay thank god he was on the not warped I think it might have been on the warp mode, but it would have been just at the edge of um, being into the warped section the of the record. Zone. <laughs> it's just on the outside. Yeah. So, I mean, that brings us to vinyl today. Like, I mean, vinyl's back. It's been pretty popular since, like, 2013. Um, records have gone way up. Uh, like, if you hear, like, a song you like, is your go-to, like, are you going to go buy the, the vinyl or the CD? Like, do you have a preference? It definitely depends even though I don't know, like because there are some bands where I just like, I'll be like I don't know if this album will be good enough for me to warrant it buying on vinyl, so I'll just buy it on CD and I, I'm fine with buying stuff on CD now just to have something to listen to in the car um, but then like if there's an album that I'm like, this is definitely going to be good I'm going to buy it on vinyl like I bought the that Slater Kenny album that came out last year and that's definitely one where like i hear it on vinyl and i hear it on this burned copy i have in my car i'm like this definitely sounds better like it's louder and it rocks more and you can like feel it i I think i did it with the courtney barnett album too and did i buy any new albums this year on vinyl i think i bought the savages album that came out this year mainly just because like it was like a couple dollars cheaper on vinyl so i was like why not I mean, every new vinyl album comes with a free MP3 download anyway. It's usually worth it just to buy it on vinyl rather than CD. But is vinyl better than CD? Uh, It sounds better. I I mean, I don't even have, like, a great turd table. It is just like this, (laughs) like... it even has like a tape capability. It's just some like stereo combo type thing that I'm guessing was manufactured in the 80s. And it sounds good. I definitely think it's better. Is it worth it? Maybe not. I mean, vinyl is definitely one of those things where I don't know if I can really make a case for it to people that are like, like, who cares? Like, I'll just listen to it on my fucking iPhone. I don't give a shit. But. It sounds better, and I feel like it's just that thing where with physical music, you you feel more of a connection to the music if you have it. If, like, if you have to turn it over, and you have to put the needle on, and you actually have, like, this big album cover to look at, and... Yeah, I just feel like with the whole MP3 streaming thing, everything just feels so much more disposable. Like... I feel less compelled to listen to an album multiple times if I just have it in iTunes Music or Spotify or whatever. Yeah. But if like you pay for something, you're like, well, I gotta, I paid for this. I gotta get to the bottom of whether this is good or not. 
I think my stance was always I thought records were way cooler to have to look at the artwork and to look at the liner notes and everything. Mm-hmm. Looks a lot cooler on a shelf. But I don't know. I just I was never super into them as a teenager. All the records, like every time I'd like pick out or like a record, and I'd just usually mess around with speeding it up and slowing it down <laughs> and all the weird <laughs> shit you could do with the the turntable. Yeah, it was just hard for me to just uh, discipline myself to sit down because it wasn't like in my room. I'd go somewhere to listen to the records, and I remember. To like a point where like I had to look up and have a default reason why uh, to say like MP3s were better or CDs were better, so I always had my default answer, which was that, uh, you know, with vinyl, actually the reason why people say it's warm is because when you try to record bass to vinyl, it like distorts, so the bass is distorted and it creates a warm tone. I'm like it gives a fuck, but that was my go-to response for why it was better. And I don't really care now. I think I like to get CDs just because they're small. I don't have a lot of space right now, but I do yeah. think vinyl is really cool, and I definitely have some vinyl that I bought in like my mid twenties, early twenties, um, that were a little more expensive than I would have liked. <laughs> like um, I have like a Yardbird, Roger the Engineer, and I was like, wow, if I'd bought this at half price, it'd have been like five bucks in like two thousand four. <laughs> now it cost me like fifteen bucks, but yeah. it's, I still I still like having it. It's really cool looking. Do you have a favorite vinyl record you own? Well, I, I guess just. Because I've had it for so long, that copy of Quadrophenia I love, because it's got that big booklet that's oh, yeah. like squished in the middle of the the double record, and it's got like it like tells the story of the album through pictures of that like they actually shot of like this kid ride his motorcycle around like going through teenage angst or whatever. Yeah, I remember that. I've, I've seen that at least. That's probably my favorite. That's um, a cool one. Yeah. For me, it was uh, I. I got a copy of Sticky Fingers from from Half Price. It was it was a more expensive one. It was like seven ninety nine. <laughs> now, it, can you imagine how much it cost to go buy that now with the zipper, like an old copy yeah, in a record store? It'd be like fifty bucks. It's uh, yeah, <laughs> but it was kind of falling apart a little. But you could still zip it up and down. It's like this is so cool to have, and that's when I really got into that album. I think it's probably my favorite Rolling Stones album, just because I had the vinyl record. Mm-hmm. Listen to Brown Sugar, and like, ah, oh, this is so cool. So that's definitely my favorite. You know, something I forgot to touch on um, in this in this podcast was box sets. That yeah. was a big part, I feel like, of our musical education. It was like, I think I once raised the the question of should we do a box sets podcast? <laughs> I don't know if we could do that long of a conversation on box sets. Should we save that then? Not talk mm, about it. Yeah. But maybe just quick, like, what's your favorite box set? My favorite box set I own is my uh, Credence Clearwater Revival box set. Look... It looks kind of weird. It looks it's like it looks like wood, but it's not. Yeah. It's like a weird wooden block <laughs> with their faces carved on it. But what I like about that that uh, box set is not only does it have all their albums, it, then it has everything they did before they were even Credence. Like who even wants to listen to that? And like radio interviews. It was just like all out in a big thick color booklet hmm. with lots of stuff written about each album. So that was yeah. a solid box set. Yeah, I mean the two ones that stick out for me are more like. Because they were more singles based, they weren't like all the albums. Was the Phil Spector box set back to mono? Because I feel like that one was hard to get. <laughs> like, but I saw like they added at Borders for some reason, which I never bought music for. But well, no, I bought a few albums for Borders <laughs> every once in a while, and they had it for some reason. And also the James Brown box set Star Time is awesome. So funky. <laughs> what do you think's better, mono or stereo? Um, 
I don't know. I feel like there are people that uh, will say Mata's better. <laughs> like, I feel like on the, like, I listened to the Neil Young WTF, and he's like, Mata's better. I feel like stereo's gotta be better. I feel like the, I feel like the people that say Mata's better can't hear well. That's why they like <laughs> yeah. it. Like Brian Wilson, because he's yeah. deaf in one ear. Of course he likes Mata better. If you listen to stereo, you wouldn't be able to hear everything. Yeah, I, I think stereo's better, definitely. But, you know, I, I can appreciate it's the a, It's the a vintage. different thing, though. I don't know if you can necessarily say it's better or worse. It's just you're using the your sonic palette in a different way. I don't know. Sonic palette. There's a sweet name for a band. Sonic palette, yeah. They do, like, Sonic Youth songs, but way more elegantly. <laughs> <laughs> They're, like, classical. Yeah. They do Sonic Youth, Youth songs. You, like cool thing but it's like i like the strings and the brass section <laughs> okay yeah and i think we touched on today like you will get stuff yeah i'm, I'm and... definitely pretty deep into vinyl at this point i don't know how long it's gonna last what do you I, mean I'm how not... long it's gonna last i don't know i just <laughs> like i got scared there was like a few months like there like where i didn't buy vinyl for a while which was mainly just a buddy thing because it is kind of expensive. expensive, but then I bought. I made a couple uh, trips to the record store, like in the last few weeks, and I'm like back into it because <laughs> I bought a few records that I really liked, and I'm like, I wouldn't get the same experience listening to these albums just on friggin' iTunes music. So I'm like, eh, I still like it, and I like that record stores exist. Again, it's a cool thing because when I go shopping at a record store. It's like I don't know what I'm gonna buy necessarily. Like I'll just flip through like whatever the newest, uh, you know, whatever the newest selection of albums that they just got into the used section or whatever, and I'll be like, you know, I've never checked out that band. Maybe I'll listen to them, and, and that's cool, I guess. <laughs> I mean, there's so much of it out there. There's always new things to discover. Yeah, vinyl's fun too because you can find weird shit that maybe didn't even get a cd release or like a proper one or <laughs> yeah there's way more of a selection um so yeah purchasing music people don't do it so much today but there's still those diehards i guess like us that are keeping it alive in those little mom and pop type stores so i hope if you heard this that you know you continue to do it or are doing it because it's fun it's a fun mm-hmm. way to, to listen to music it's and i like what, one of the one comment that you said that really stuck with me is when you said disposable it's like, yeah, I want stuff to like stick with me, like stuff that I can keep and carry through the years. There's so much stuff that I've had, like from, that I download from MySpace, it's gone. Like I don't know where. It, I mean, I'm not one of those people who's like, I'm not gonna download from the internet because where is it? It's it's in cyberspace. But sometimes like computers crash and shit, or I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean that's just <laughs> an overall feel like I have with everything being on the internet now. Is it just feels like so much art. <laughs> doesn't matter because you'll just listen to it or watch a show or a movie and it'll just be whatever it's out in the ether but you don't like have it as a thing in your life that you're experiencing you're just watching a fucking screen just one other thing you're doing on your phone i don't know <laughs> buying right. music makes it feel more important like music matters more sure does. something all right, so let's move on to some of the stuff we've been listening to lately with our segment Yesterday and Today. Uh, we will start with the older albums we've been listening to. Um, do you want to go first, Connor, or do you want me to go first? Uh, why don't you go first? I'll go first, sure. 
so for older music, um, weirdly enough, this summer for me has been the summer of Deep Purple. Hmm. I've I've been into at least uh, the album Machine Head for a long time. Like I got into that probably in you know like 2008 or nine. And I remember like when I used to work at Petco and work these night shifts, and uh, you know there'd be no one in the store. We'd just be stocking shelves, and I had like this uh, rotating. Uh, list of albums that I listen to and they're all like really rock and I'd listen to the first Van Halen um, Machine Head and at at Budokan like I just listened to those on, on loop but I remember Machine Head was the one I think it was my favorite of the three actually I really liked that album so this like past June and July I've been listening to a lot more Deep Purple cause like well they, they have they have more albums than, than that one <laughs> so um, uh, I listened to like In Rock and uh, burn but i think the one that i'll recommend because uh, it kind of in, uh, incorporates a lot is their live album double live album from 1972 made in japan about that live album is it's got most of the big songs from Machine Head but also it's got some songs from In Rock and uh, some songs from a few other albums and they're just a band that's like really good live like they're they're pretty polished even if they sometimes sound like like they're so loud and sloppy on an album like they can they can really bring it together I think that having that like organ player really classes them up because he's playing all these like Beethoven stuff John Lord there's one song on here that I really love called Child in Time. It's like, I think it runs 12 minutes on this album. I mean, Space Dragon runs like 19 minutes on this album, but I love that song so much. It just keeps going and rocking. Um, but yeah, I think the reason like Deep Purple is like really, I've been really into them lately is I, I love one, they have, they're a hard rock band with an organ player that plays like classical solos and also that their guitarist Richie Blackmore is really into like classical stuff too so he'll play like Beethoven-esque solos and it's just like a kind of cool change of pace from just kind of sludging around on guitar <laughs> um, they're, they're an interesting group um, so yeah I, I guess I'll go with Made in Japan you know any of those other ones around that time are good too so if you're looking if you've heard Machine Head and you're like what other Deep Purple stuff should I listen to you know check out Made in Japan I think you'll enjoy it alright because Machine Head's literally the only Deep Purple album I've heard. It's good. Good. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that organ does add a lot to that band. Like, they would probably kind of mesh together with all the other hard rock bands in the 70s, but I feel like... Sometimes it even sounds like a guitar, the way they play it. Yeah, because it, it, it's, like, heavy. It's a heavy it's like organ, too. It's organ. pretty cool. Yeah. Um... My recommendation is another very heavy band. <laughs> kind of their heaviness was ahead of its time. I picked up on vinyl, not an original pressing, a reissue of the second album by the Sonics. It's yes. called Boom. Hey, little girl. What's the matter with you? Don't you like the things I do? 
it's uh, it's in mono, and I feel like it's a band where like it should be in mono yeah. though, because it's so like crunchy and. That's a band where like I feel like the fact that they probably used. I mean, this was a this was a Northwest band, Tacoma, Washington. I would say, Seattle area. Mm-hmm. They hailed from, and I'm guessing, you know, back at that time. You know, Seattle's just like a logging town, basically. So they probably didn't have like the best recording studios, so those albums they they sound like very harsh and like compressed, and it almost like makes the songs better because it makes them sound like so just like raw and like. I mean, th- th- you could like call them the first punk band, maybe. Like they were even before the Stooges, and they just like those albums are. The songs they still like just like scream at you like out of the speakers. And listening to them on the vinyl is pretty cool too. And the second album it doesn't have like as many of their well-known songs. Like I feel like all their big singles are on that first album, but the second one less obscure or more obscure, but it's still really good. They're a weird band because I feel like like a lot of rock bands from the mid-60s, they did a lot of covers. But I'm kind of about their covers, like, because they had such a distinct sound. Like, even when they're doing Louie Louie, it's, like, way heavier and, like, raunchier than, you know, the Kingsmen version. Yeah, well, wasn't Have Love Will Travel was a... I mean, that's on the first album, but that was a, a cover, right? I think so. I really only associate, I really only think about their version. Like, that's the yeah. classic one to me. It's funny that you brought up uh, the Sonics, too, because that's another great hard rock band that had a unique instrument in the lineup. Oh, the saxophone yeah. player. It's so weird. Like, what else has a band rocked that much and yeah. a saxophone player? Like, it always sounds really good. I'm never like, oh, God, just get rid of that fucking saxophone. Damn. It's not like... Like, like yellow cards like oh god they, they probably would be a little better without that violin guy <laughs> but like the sonics like that saxophone kicks ass yeah, it does. you know it was, it was really cool when i saw the hives a couple years ago they did a cover of have love will travel and they got the original saxophone player from the sonics to come nice. up and play that and i was like wow this is like this is a crazy like unique experience but i feel like a lot of people are like who's this old dude in like a hawaiian shirt <laughs> It's like, dude, this guy rocks more than like any other band we've seen tonight. It's funny too, because well, I actually bought this album at Easy Street Records, where they recently recorded a live album there, cool. and also KXP like filmed their performance there. And it's amazing how much they still rock, and they're like seventy years yeah. old. Because that's like that's like mid, that's like sixty-five. That's, yeah. that's a long this time. Was Fifty out. years ago, yeah, 66. almost. Uh, wow. So I would check out that on the KXP YouTube channel too if you get a chance. Oh, totally. Like, I've, I've heard the first Sonics album, so yeah. I didn't know if it was worth uh, listening to more. But it, and they even released an album last year too. Wow, which is pretty good. Like especially when you compare it to most like '60s bands doing reunion albums. But they got yeah, they just like yeah. they just went for it, and it it really rocks. That's cool. <laughs> like, I should check that out. And I think they actually. It's mixed in mono too, so they're trying to be true to that sound that they were known for. It's good. It's worth checking out. I wonder if you go to a Sonic show if that's mostly old people or young people. I don't know. I feel like it'd still be like it's still kind of underground. Probably yeah, more younger people. They're definitely a kind of. I don't know. 
<laughs> Never been that famous of a band. Kind of, kind of just for for cool people. <laughs> kind of cool though. It helps you keep your cred. You're yeah. Your cred, you know, you're not playing like county fairs. Like there's that LCD sound system song "Losing My Edge," where like there's the one part where he's just like listing off a bunch of like obscure, cool hipster bands, and at the end of it, he's just going "The Sonics, The Sonics." They're cool. They're Never cool. lost that edge. Yeah. Some bands lose that edge. I saw a video the other day of the modern version of Molly Hatchet playing at some sort of <laughs> potato festival. <laughs> <laughs> they only had the original rhythm guitarist. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what even is that anymore? <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that would be a funny thing to bring up. Okay. So, yeah. Boom. Cool. Uh, for today's album, I've listened to a handful of things lately, uh, but the thing that has just been like so wrapped up in lately is that new Avalanches album I was just talking about the other day. you're not quite as into it because it is like a lot to take in yeah i mean to be fair i only listened to it once and i don't know if i even got through it because i just kind of zoned out (laughs) which um it's i mean it's definitely something i appreciate like it's like yeah it's impressive and they clearly spent a long time on it since their last album came out in like 2000 2001 (laughs) And I hadn't heard the first album, so this is totally new to me. I had no idea what to expect. Mm-hmm. So it's like this collection of samples. There's like some guest rappers like MF Doom and Danny Brown, and they're pretty good on it. I think Tame Impala might be on a track, Father John Misty. And it's, it's, I just got really into it because it's like this weird mix of... It's almost like like you're watching Saturday morning cartoons and then you're blasting like like, like weird rock music in the background. <laughs> it's like this weird... like There's audio of people talking and there's like all sorts of sound effects and there's some really interesting stuff on there and I was like how do these guys make this stuff and I hear that they just go to record stores and just buy like shit loads of records <laughs> and that and they just discover weird shit and then they like you know sample it and they mix it together and make these albums so I can understand why this stuff takes a long time to do if that's how you do music it's like okay well to make a song we're gonna buy like 50 albums and then see if we can make anything from it I don't even know what's on here so it felt like appropriate to bring them up since they're like such big you know fans of buying vinyl the the three guys in the in the avalanches and yeah it's like a it's like a dense album it's like 60 minutes and you know of, of samples <laughs> uh but yeah i'm really into it i like the i like the hip-hop stuff on it i like the weird 60s psychedelic pop stuff on it just it's just really weird and not like anything else so i've been it's been my jam lately there's a lot of variety on there so i can i can listen to it and discover something new every time which i'm enjoying uh, so, Colin, what what have you been listening to lately? Well, first I'll say, if you like that, there's an album that came out in the early 2000s by the band The Go Team that's called Thunder Lightning Strike, and that's another that one. one that's, like, really sample-heavy, but I feel like it's a little more, like, focused on one particular sound, <laughs> like, mm. but it's it's definitely that same kind of thing, but I, yeah, 
I really like that album. All right. So I'm not like averse to the sample, sample tastic genre. Isn't that what that one it? album like introducing? Is yeah, kind of? I put that in there, but that that's like a little more hip hop based. Yeah. I'd say. I don't know, but it's it's cool <laughs> when people <laughs> do that sort of thing. Um, my recommendation is not super exciting, but I've, that's probably because I've been mainly listening to older music after my couple record store runs recently but listen to the new dinosaur junior the recent Dinosaur Junior album. really consistent. It has been. <laughs> like, I don't know. They're just one of those bands that have such a, like, singular sound that it's kind of hard to fuck up, I guess. Because <laughs> this is their fourth one since they got back together with the Lou, the Lou Barlow lineup. And, uh, yeah, there's some, there's some good songs here. They still rock, and there's also kind of that sort of bittersweet melancholy that always sort of creeps its way into a band that's kind of getting older and a little more reflective. Um, um, yeah. I got some of that on Spotify. Okay, well, I guess that's the end of this week's show. If you'd like to hear more of our podcasts, check out the Mildly Please feed on iTunes if you want to Read about us, uh, you know, talking about pop culture in print for Not really print, but, you know, writing about it on our blog, mildlypleased.com. You can check that out, and, uh, you know, just gotta keep rocking every day, because tomorrow never knows. Gone too long.